What's up, guys? By now, you all know that we are partnering with Ball, the aerospace technology company. They are an incredible company, and we have a lot of people here at the DMVR bar who have family members like Aunt Julie working at Ball, and then also just DMVR members who are working at Ball, and they truly enjoy their job there. So we've got more information about what Ball is offering. Their golden plant is looking for production technicians. You can read the full-on description and apply at jobs.ball.com and search for the word golden. This position is on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's Plants. The company offers a competitive $27.39 per hour with potential for increase at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. It offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities in the plant and the production technician's role touches on the other stages of production, making aluminum cans cans and ends. People are what make Ball special. People at every level come in to work each day and give 100% to accomplish their goals, including Aunt Julie. So if you are interested in working at Ball, text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dunk two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck. You won't see it for long. Two on home run. Trevor Story. Lock. And so touchdown. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. AJ, you always get surprised when I just start. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Presented by Breckenridge Brewery, the best brewery in Colorado. Not only do they have amazing Breck brews, they also have really great seltzers. And the people at Breckenridge Brewery are just fantastic. So I highly recommend um, going down to their farmhouse in Littleton, Colorado. Um, And if you're looking to buy some Breck brews, don't forget to check out the Breck Brew Breck Beer Locator on their website. It makes it really easy and convenient to find um, any Breck brews near you, especially if you're going for a specific Breck brew. It might be sold out at that store, so it's good to just double check and, and make sure that you're getting all the Breck brews you love. Um, I'm your host, Ali Monroy. With me today, I have AJ Hayfley, Ryan Konigsberg, and Harrison Wind, and we're going to talk about who the face of Denver sports is Now, we talked about this a year ago, and a lot has changed since then. Two of the four people we discussed are no longer in Denver. Von Miller, of course, was traded to the Rams earlier this month, and he is the one that we decided on this podcast was the face of Colorado and Denver sports still. Um, And then Nolan Arenado was traded to the Cardinals at the end of January. Um, I can't believe it's in this. It's than just it has still been less than a year but um so of those four we have uh 
Nicole Jokic and Nathan McKinnon left. So Harrison, I'm going to start off with you to just give us a case as to why, why you think Nicole Jokic is the uh, new face of Denver sports. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think he's kind of the case by default because if the Broncos were just, just a little above average and they had like a star player, it's, in my opinion, it's always going to be that guy. Like the Broncos just run this town. And if they're respectable and in the playoffs, it's going to be a guy on the Broncos. Um, like that's why it was just so obviously Von Miller for all these years. But I don't know who the face of the Broncos <laughs> is right now. I, I have no idea who that is. Like, yeah. I don't even think they have one. It, like it might be Peyton Manning still it might be John Elway. <laughs> um, so I think it's Jokic because he's just the best player that's not, you know, on the Broncos and the Broncos aren't good. So they kind of don't really even qualify right now. Um, so I think it's Jokic. I mean, he's gotten MVP. Um, he's recognized across the entire country as, you know, one of the top should be, you know, three, but he's a, a unanimous, you know, top seven, I'd say player, top five player in the NBA, no matter who you ask. Uh, he's led the Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals, which I'm sorry, AJ, it's further than McKinnon's led the Avs. Um, so truth, truth is true. Yeah, I, I think it's Jokic kind of by default. Uh, see, I uh, I rarely get the chance to do this. I think you're underselling Jokic here. Um, I think he's so far and away and obvious as the choice for this right now. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, of course, to me, I would think it would honestly take a star quarterback for the Broncos to unseat Jokic at this, at this point, he does have the MVP. Um, like you mentioned, he has the most playoff success of anyone in the town other than Brandon McManus at this point. <laughs> um, and this is a guy who is in my opinion, and, and in, I know plenty of people's opinions, the best basketball player in the world. Um, so on top of that, he has all the other characteristics you want to see in the face of a city which is he loves the city. Um, he's, you know, super uh, charismatic. He just, he checks off all the boxes. And I think, you know, one underrated part of this is Denver is a young and growing city right now. And a lot of people are coming here and yes, there's the, you know, the quote unquote, like old guard of the Broncos, which is always going to be there. But there's something to be said about like young people coming to Denver, knowing about Jokic, knowing about the Nuggets uh, and kind of like following him and, you know, making him their star. So I think, you know, the Broncos obviously have the, the inroads to, to take over this position, but I don't think it could just be anyone, you know, like we talk about Justin Simmons as a potential face of the Broncos. He would have to go a long, long way to even be in the same stratosphere as Nikola Jokic. So I think you undersold him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the MVP probably ended the conversation because it's the major accomplishment that was lacking outside of Von Miller. You know, it was like, okay, you know, Nathan McKinnon finished uh, second place in the MVP, like very close second place in two different MVP races, but nobody cares about that. Like, it's not, okay, you didn't win anything. But with Jokic, I think that, He's just become over the last year, year and a half, especially uh, when the especially when the avalanche kind of ripped everyone's hearts out last year. 
and just didn't live up to their expectations. Like winning the president's trophy was great, but Mm -hmm. he, especially McKinnon, especially is one of the reasons why they lost that Vegas series. He was a primary culprit in them losing the momentum up being up to nothing in that series. And McKinnon kind of just disappeared. And that's not, if there's one thing that you will, you will, you've been able to say about Jokic, his whole, uh, every, every, every year in the playoffs is that the guy has showed up and he's been awesome in the postseason. And it's not to say McKinnon hasn't had, because he's been, he's been one of his generation's best playoff performers, but it hasn't gotten them through key moments. And that has started to become the narrative, not his overall picture. Because if you just go and look at the points and all that, McKinnon has a great argument as a as one of his generation's best playoff performers. But when when your team doesn't get out of the second round, uh, and and you personally kind of disappear, multiple game sevens, like it's it just becomes sort of a, a black mark. Uh, on on the record and then off to a slow start this year it it just sort of feels like all the momentum that McKinnon had built in this moment is gone compared to uh what Jokic has where it, I mean Jamal Murray is out like Jamal Murray has been out now for a long a long time and you the the nuggets are still there Jokic's star feels like it's still rising he won the MVP. He's gonna he's gonna make a legitimate run at it again. I don't think that they'll give it to him again out of just purely out of spite reasons. Uh, even if even if he is statistically deserving of of something like that, but that's an NBA problem and not a Denver problem. And the yeah. other thing is, is Jokic feels like one of us. Like Jokic feels. Like you would just see this mountain of a man just hanging out somewhere in Denver, just being one of us. Yeah. And McKinnon is a lot colder. And I think that's where, that's where some separation has taken place. And also where I wonder, like, is he really the face for the abs anymore? Like if you, because for me, I wonder about Gabe Landeskog. He just re-signed an eight year deal. That keeps him here essentially for the rest of his career. Yeah. He's on, he's on, if he finishes that contract and he doesn't have major health problems, you know, two, obviously two big caveats there. Yeah. But he ends up with the most games played in Avalanche history. Uh, he ends up being a captain of the franchise for nearly 20 straight years. You're, you're talking about an all-time run here that will be very, very difficult to ever replicate. And I wonder, I and, and everybody knows who Landis Cock is. Yeah. And he's a beautiful man <laughs> that everybody loves to look at. So he's got he's got kind of the Q rating, right? And he doesn't have that coldness of a McKinnon. Yeah. And I wonder if right now he's more of a face of the abs than Nathan McKinnon. That it's a little bit be... of like a Sackick Forsberg situation right yeah. now. He's not as good as Sackick. But, you know, um, like For- Forsberg's always the more talented player. But Sackick, you know, to a lot of people, is the face of that era. I just want to say it's wild to me that people feel this way. <laughs> that that Forsberg was the more talented player because Sackick finished like 10th in NHL history and goal scored. 
and is and is like ninth in points in NHL. Like was 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 in his own right a generational superstar. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's just that Forsberg was such a physically dominant specimen. Yeah. I always just like that conversation because most people feel that way. Yeah. Like, well, it's it's kind of like, like Peyton Manning and John Elway, right? I was gonna say. I was gonna say it feels like Jordan and LeBron a little bit. You know, mm. LeBron's the Forsberg. Uh, Sackix is Jordan. Yeah, or like Peyton and 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 John Elway. Like, you know, uh, most people would probably agree Peyton a better all-time quarterback than John Elway. But you know, John Elway has all the physical gifts and the massive arm and all that stuff, and that is just more a little bit more exciting to people. Uh, I have to say, also, I don't think hockey necessarily lends itself to this sort of thing in terms of being like the face of a city. Now, championships Not change everything. States. Yeah, championships change everything. But if you, you know, are just a casual sports fan and you want to go see the star of Denver, if you go to a Nuggets game, you're just about guaranteed to see Nikola Jokic dominate the game. He's going to be playing on the floor for 35, 37 of 48 minutes, too. And he's going to be the best player out there just about every single night. With, with hockey, it's just a little bit more difficult. Like, there's a chance you get your abs tickets, you go to the game. You're going to see McKinnon do some awesome things. You're going to have to understand hockey to understand most of the awesome things that he does. Yeah. And he may or may not score on that night. Yeah, I yeah. was going to mention that the way that basketball and basketball specifically is lends itself more to be able to see a dominant star every single game um, show their performance well. Like you said, Nathan McKinnon is like one of the or not like the best player on the abs, but there might be some nights where he just gets a point and maybe that that doesn't mean much to a fan who doesn't understand hockey while you go and you see Jokic get all these points consistently in a game. It's just it's just so different. I will. Yeah, I will say I think that there's a chance you fast forward six months. This could just as easily flip. Because Nathan McKinnon is going to go and be a really big part of Team Canada, the Olympics. Mm. And if they go and they win gold, and especially if they play the United States outside of the initial group stage, uh, if they play them in, in, a, in a medal round or something, you know, that is the kind of thing where, you know, Americans tune in to watch yeah. the yeah. United States. And if they see if they see team if, if they see Nathan McKinnon tearing up the United States in the Olympics, you know there's going to be like that's that's the kind of thing that does boost a guy's profile with casual with casual viewers and an advantage that he's going to have because it doesn't matter what Jokic does internationally, it's always going to be for a Serbian team that's undermanned, and McKinnon is going to be on the top line of the heavy favorite in the Olympics. And then of course, look, if the abs, if the abs do make any kind of a run, you know, like, like RK said, the championships change everything. Yeah. So the, the Olympic, the Olympic thing you bring up is so funny because the only reason I know who TJ Oshie is, is because he was on that Olympic team, you know, like, like that winning a gold medal in the Olympics, people tune in for that. Totally. You know, and there was that weird uh, rule that you can, that you can use the same guy over and over again in the shootout. Yeah, inter- international yeah. shootout yeah. rules are definitely like, that's the, old, the only reason I know who TJ Oshie is. But to go back to a point AJ was was making a second ago, 
I think Jokic could win the MVP again this season. I kind of want to put some more money on him. But the only reason he won't is because the NBA just really wants to give the MVP to Steph Curry this year. And the Warriors are good again. And I just think if if he has an argument, Steph Curry's going to win it. Um, but Jokic is noticeably better this year than last year, yep. which is crazy. He is, he is just so obviously leveled up his game offensively and defensively. Like he's been great defensively this year, which, which no one will talk about. Yeah. I mean, he's always been a great <laughs> rebounder, but, um, but we didn't defensively, see as many like, like 14, 15 rebound games out of him in the past. Yeah. I mean, it's, if it's a big game, he's going to get on the glass, yep. but his defense at the rim has been so good and he's just so much better than he was last year. And He's 27. He's going to continue to get better. Like there's obviously stuff in his game that he can continue to improve on. And I think he's the best player in the league. And especially in a regular season environment where you're playing a different team every night, you have to game plan for a different team every night. It's just impossible to come up with a defensive game plan to stop him. So he's just so dominant in the regular season. And like you were saying, like Ryan, if you go to a Nuggets game, he's going to dominate. He's going to have an absolutely massive night, regardless of who he plays, uh, because you know he he dominates the two-time Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. He dominates Bam Adebayo. He made Bam Adebayo look like just another dude last night or three nights ago. So um, he's only getting better, and uh, he he's also the perfect face for Denver because, like you were saying uh aj he's just like another dude like he's just a normal guy you know he's not interested in the limelight um he just wants to chill and kick back and then just come to the arena and ball out and i feel like that's really starting to resonate with people like yeah we're, we're the city of denver we don't need a guy who's in all the commercials who's you know going to like new york fashion week hanging out with celebrities in la we don't need that guy we just want a guy who's gonna go on the court and absolutely kill people in between the lines. Yep. I also think that <clears throat> this recent incident with Markeith Morris helps him. Yeah, I want to get into that. But first, hold on. Um, let's get to that in the second segment. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook has uh, Nikola Jokic MVP, MVP odds at plus 1,500. Um, Steph Curry is at plus 300. So you would put more money down on Jokic, Harrison? No, I think Curry's going to win it, but I okay. think Jokic is going to get second. I mean, Jokic is going to have another amazing case this year. He's going to put up ridiculous numbers. Guys, he's trending. Jokic is trending to put up the first uh, 60, 40, 80 season in NBA history. 60% wow. from the field shooting, 40% from three, 80% from the line. He's trending that way. Um, but I just think they're going to give it to Curry. So definitely look at putting some money down on Jokic in some sort of fashion, but not MVP, but always do that on DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. There is some great basketball props, awesome hockey props yesterday. I was really hoping uh, y'all here, our abs producer, uh, put money down on the shutout. Uh, and I, it was so close, AJ. It really was. The Avs ended up beating um, the Vancouver Canucks 6-1. I thought he was going to make some good money on that. But there's always great um, 
odds boosts and all that good stuff on football. And right now, new customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. It's that simple. They also now do same game parlays, which has changed the game. Like Ryan said last week, it's a love hate relationship, um, but it definitely makes it a little more fun. And don't forget to just bet on DraftKings and use that promo code DNVR. Like I said, if you're a new user, you can bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. And they do not forget about their current users. Uh, you get random odds boost right now. I have a get a 50% profit boost on any first basket score. Um, so there's always really great options for people who already use that promo code DNVR on DraftKings. And for people who want to um, definitely get in on this offer, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. What, Harrison, Ryan? first bucket Friday, 50% uh, profit boost on a first bucket. I mean, they got to go to Yoke, right? Like, they got to let him come back. Yeah, this, the, is the big, this is the biggest lock of the night. Biggest <laughs> lock of the night. All right. So that's where we're putting our money for DraftKings. The holiday season is right around the corner, so obviously you're going to be spending a lot of money, and with that, you're going to want to find ways to save money, and the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. That's incredible. Um, as the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $50. $15 a month. I've been using Mint Mobile for a while now, and so has Ryan, and we're really enjoying it. It has allowed us to keep our same phone number so we didn't have to worry about switching and letting everyone know we switched phones, um, and you get to still keep whatever phone you're currently using, but you get to save so much money at it instead of being with uh, AT&T or Verizon, which have all of those overhead costs. Mint Mobile cuts all of that down. There's no catch when when you use Mint Mobile. We highly recommend checking them out, especially with this incredible holiday offer. Like I said, if you uh, switch to Mint Mobile right now and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. It's an incredible company, and that's for a limited time only. So to do that, you're going to want to go to mintmobile.com slash DNVR. That's mintmobile.com slash DNVR, and cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at Mint Mobile slash dnvr um but okay let's get back to it aj you were saying you think for i feel like everyone knows uh what a few days ago there was a big debacle on the court uh, the exactly sombor scuffle <laughs> oh <my laughs> god um with Jokic and uh Markeith Morris. Morris. Mar Markeith Morris. Uh, Harrison, do you want to explain what happened to people who might not have watched it? I feel yeah, like everyone I'd love watched to. it, but still, just in case. Give us your take. Give us your take. So Nuggets are up by 17 with two minutes left. The game is over, and Jokic is dribbling the ball up the floor after just sunning Bam out of bio at the rim, actually. And uh, Jokic dribbled up the, the ball up the floor. Markeith Morris comes in uh, – to take an intentional foul and stop the fast break. But, you know, he doesn't just like commit a normal take foul and just like grab the guy's arm. Like most people do. He l just throws himself into Jokic and it's like, he leads with his knee into, into Jokic's his knee. knee 
and then leads with his left elbow into Jokic's rib cage. Which Jokic anyway, was already dealing with a knee like injury prior. Sure, sure. knee contusions the whole year. Uh, so Mor- <coughs> Morris throws himself into Jokic for this cheap shot, and then Jokic retaliates with this, um, <laughs> this brutal shoulder to the back of Morris's neck or kind of the upper back, and like Morris's head goes back and he goes to the floor. Um, Morris hasn't played, by the way. He, I think he's missing his second game tonight uh, since that. So he's not healthy. Like it affected him in some way, but it was, you know, one dirty hit followed by another dirty hit. But the, the bigger takeaway from the incident, I think, is that Jokic has gotten more publicity for this than he got for winning the MVP. 100%. People have been talking about Jokic way more now than they did even after he won the MVP last year. Um, so it's funny. And there's so many people there. It's So there's two sides. Jokic shouldn't have done that. Um, it was messed up that he did that. He had his back turned. That's unprofessional. And then there was like, well, the other side is, well, he hit him first. So Jokic retaliated, which doesn't necessarily make it right. But there was a reason for why that happened. If Morris hadn't done that, then Jokic wouldn't have reacted in that way. And so it's been interesting to see the media heads, national media heads, um, kind of give their input and their take on it. And I, I feel like I've seen a lot of athletes uh, side on the side of Jokic of, well, I mean, you he turned his back immediately trying to act like it was nothing. And Jokic is fed up. Jokic doesn't get calls when he gets hurt like that. Like it's a consistent thing that the refs aren't watching. Jokic has scratches and is bleeding almost every game. And it's like nothing. And And I think he got fed up. And I mean, when I like, I didn't see it happen. And then I was watch, or I was listening to your post game show, the DMVR Nuggets post game show. Uh, and Ryan was telling about, me about it. I didn't realize, like, <laughs> when I saw the highlight, I was like, "Whoa, yo, kitch!" Yeah, that was like a hard shove. Like it was like anger. Sometimes I think Yoke uh, underestimates his own power a little bit. Definitely. Um, but. Uh, you know, I think if it was another player, the story would be different. I think by the end of this, the, the most of the basketball world, it's probably like 80-20 taking Jokic aside even more. It's Markeith Morris, man. This guy's been doing this stuff forever. Same with his brother. And the fact that he turns his back after the play is classic Markeith Morris because he thinks that he can just take this sly little cheap shot. You know, he's leading with his knee into Jokic's bruised knee putting the elbow up high and he thinks, oh, if I just walk away, then no one will think I did anything. It's like, you know, of course, if he stands over him afterwards, well, now you've got to fight. But, oh, I'll just get this little sly cheap shot in and walk away. And I think Shaq's at it best. Like, if you hit me, don't turn your back and then complain about getting hit in the back. Like, he, he knew exactly what he was doing. And, uh, you know, um, he, he paid the price. And I, th- I think what he was insinuating in his tweet was like, yeah, he got me. Like, Markeith saying, like, Joker one, Keith zero or whatever. Like, he got me this time. Um, so, at least he knows, like, he, uh, he got him back. Before we get to the brothers, uh, AJ, what were you going to say before I talked about DraftKings, about how this helped his, his <clears throat> face of Denver campaign? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that there's a there's a bit there's still the big stereotype in the NBA about Europeans generally just being big softies, right? Absolutely. And I think that I think that Jokic has always carried that around 
uh, uh, like just just the label. He's always carried it with him, even though, I mean, if you watch 10 games of Nikola Jokic, you see that he just regularly bullies people. But in the context of a basketball game, it's not any of the nonsense, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he's always been emotional. He's always done things like when he gets pissed off, he's always had his whole career. He just commits a stupid foul because he's mad about something. so he's always kind of had this but i think what i think what markeith morris did the other day just kind of honestly i just i think this helps Jokic. like in 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 no way did it hurt them that they won that game that game was already decided he got to he got to bully a bully publicly and just not say anything and then like the way that he did it i mean you're talking about mr cool here this is not Carmelo Anthony throwing a punch and backpedaling across the entire court. <laughs> he he blows this dude up and then just stands there. And it's like <laughs> he's not he's not saying anything. He's not doing anything. His expression doesn't change. Like he just blows this guy up and then he just stands there. And then everyone like uh, uh, um runs to like see what's going on and then Jokic is just standing there and yeah, then but, they start like yeah. backing away. They're like, whoa. And everybody everybody said it, but Ty- Tyler Harrell made a business decision. <laughs> like just like straight up, like he smart call on his <laughs> part. Tyler Hero like, walked up there like he was expecting Yoke to just apologize, like, on the spot. Well, because he was, like, he, like, does that little hop, and he, like, gets over there where you're, like, and then he gets up to Jokic, and he's, like, sup? It reminds me of, like, in the movies where, like, someone gets pushed from behind or whatever, and they flip their head around like they're going to do something, and they're at eye level with, like, the person's chest. Yeah. And they're, like, oh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Didn't mean to bump into you from behind. That's, like, exactly what uh, the energy of Tyler Hero there. And I personally yeah. think Jimmy Butler's reaction, like, oh, my God. like. So, like- I get it, right? Because I love I love Jimmy Butler, and like I believe Jimmy Butler eats glass for breakfast. <laughs> so I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced that his reaction would have been different had he actually seen what happened, and that his back being turned probably kept that from escalating to a psychotic place. But didn't this, but uh... even then, like he runs over and he gives like Jokic like this like light like love tab just because I guess he's the closest nugget. And then and then he's like, like bring that shit out back, and it's just like, buddy, I know you're Jimmy Butler, but you don't want to get folded in half by a couple of Eastern Europeans tonight because it's gonna happen. And Didn't like, this come I out though Jimmy that he Butler. was actually like, he was actually talking to uh, Nuggets assistant when he was yelling that Harrison? Really? Yeah, it was it was reported like yesterday. Stephen that Graham. He was, talking shit to Stephen Graham, who's a Nuggets assistant coach. Why? I'm sorry, but that hurts his case. Yeah. It's one, it's one thing to talk shit to the to the Balkan brothers, right? You're gonna talk you're like you're gonna talk shit to those guys. Like there's some like they're gonna you're gonna lose that, but there's some respect there. You're talking shit to an assistant? I guess okay, it makes guy. I guess it makes sense because people were really confused as to like, oh, you're gonna yell like meet me out back. Why didn't you do something on the court then? Like where right. like so that makes sense that he was yelling. Like people were very confused by it. like yeah. his like tough guy act. Uh, maybe it's not an act. Like just being like ah, oh, meet me out back, and it's like, well, if you were that angry, why didn't you just yeah. do something immediately? The NBA is so performative too. Like oh we love God. it. We absolutely love it. 
um, in a sense, but it's also just so lame at the same time. Like the picture of them all at the doorway oh looking god. for the it's nuggets. Like what? Oh my god! I, see, I, see, I, I don't. I picture. don't. So I don't love it. It's so good, but so bad. It's it the greatest it... picture I've ever seen because <laughs> in no way could I imagine a picture like that existing in the NHL. Where like six dudes are still wearing their gear. And they're standing around like, where are they at? Where are, like, yeah. You know where they are, dude. Well, You've been in that arena before. Stop playing. You know the where NHL they are. at least has, like, it's it's within the rules to actually settle things on the court, you know, or on the ice. So, like, the NHL, they don't have to go way out the locker room because they're just like, cool, next time we play these guys, we're dropping the gloves, you know, on puck drop. Uh, but I, I love the NBA for this. Uh, in a social media world, it's why the NBA star keeps growing because yeah. this stuff, I mean, it, the content that comes out of these things is um, incredible. I, like, I was just sitting there like, why don't we ever get anything like this in the NFL? It's so fun to me. <laughs> Ryan was sitting there just enjoying about. everything. I personally, this this makes it hard for me to en- enjoy the NBA out of all the teams, like out of all the leagues, like this performative, like subtweeting on Twitter. Like, so I, I hate it. Um, and one of the reasons I truly enjoy the Nuggets is because they aren't this way. Jokic isn't that way. Jokic isn't on Twitter saying it's Jokic's brothers like Jokic yeah. is so wholesome and is just kind of like we're gonna focus I'm gonna focus on me I'm gonna focus on the game but I'm sorry I did that um and even when what who was it the trail the trailblazers <laughs> were tweeting um during their playoff like they were like during their playoff run against the Nuggets they were like tweeting and just being so ridiculous online and then I'm like no just focus on the court just focus on your play on the court and that's what the Nuggets did and it was great to see and so there's a reason why I specifically like the Nuggets and and Jokic but the end I'm not a fan of that like performativeness in the NBA it can be so frustrating while Ryan's sitting here next to me being like more 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 I'm gonna listen to all these podcasts and all these shows and this is incredible incredible (laughs) i mean sports are entertainment and like the nba players never break character from from what they're they're at their entertaining personalities like it just the best like when the game ends and then there's no follow-up it's not nearly as good as when the game ends and they go on twitter and we're like stalking instagram comments to see what they're saying like it just adds to the entertainment (laughs) And well, Jokic is Jokic is the one guy who kind of breaks from that mold as an entertainer. Yeah. But even he has had a couple moments over the years where he kind of leans into the bit, like the shit he used to do at the press conferences in the playoffs or like with the microphone. Like he's had some of that stuff over the years, but out of every superstar, he he is the one that doesn't lean into that the most. Uh, I really, yeah, he I really has like love, little things that are, like, that are yeah. cute. The NBA, the NBA's like insistence on like promoting like it's all a bunch of tough guys, and like these are dudes who like live like super like posh lifestyles at this point, and it's like, buddy, you are so far removed from the Philly streets, like the Morris brothers. Yeah. They loved the they love to put out this persona that they're about that life, and it's yeah. like you've been in the NBA flying first class for a decade, like stop like you yeah. guys went to kansas okay you guys you guys went to a blue blood college program where you got pampered at every turn 
Like, you guys might have grown up hard, but you're not anymore. And that's okay. Like, great. That's why That's why you guys worked as hard as you did and got out of there and took advantage of your natural talent and your gifts and made millions of dollars so that you could get out of tough, tougher circumstances. But guys, you're not, you're not on the Philly streets anymore. You're not hard like that. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're talking about, you're, you're talking about a couple of Serbians here who mean business <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, and are legitimately like unhinged. And their like, livelihood isn't at stake. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, like, like literally just, they were I ready just, to go. There's pictures of them at the game just like yeah. watching. Like they don't care if they have to jump security and go and fight for their brother. They don't care if they never go to another NBA game. They don't care if they get back they go back to Serbia. Like they have they don't care. Like I, I just want to say I hope this never happens. Um oh, yeah. like the malice at the palace was not good. That was for bad. The NBA. Yeah. That was bad. Like um, that was that was like this is all fun in games because yes. it was a decided game and it like 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 Markeith Morris made like this huge show of it like getting up and falling down and like <laughs> and like he's missed the he's, he's gonna he missed their last game he's gonna miss tonight's okay so he's clearly like not a hundred percent and that sucks like yeah. that that it's not a long term injury this probably isn't gonna be a serious thing for him so it's 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 kind of like all good but. Like the malice of the palace was a problem, and I think that some of the rhetoric leading up to the 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 twenty ninth with the the next game, I think, is a little problematic too. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Because I'm, I mean, I live in a world where this is the kind of thing that they were talking about with Steve Moore and Marcus Nasland, and we all know, you know, we know how that went. Steve Moore fought multiple times in that game. He answered hockey's code and they still broke his neck and ruined his career. Yeah. So it was like, you know, and like, I don't think, I don't think it gets to that point. Obviously in the NBA, it would be very hard to imagine something like that happening, but you do wonder, like everybody continues to, to raise the temperature on, on the rematch here. Yeah. And you do wonder about a guy like Jimmy Butler, who, apparently went on some like psychotic like unhinged rant at an assistant coach so what's gonna happen in that game i'm curious um, yeah i i'm i don't think it will get out of hand udonis haslam had a quote uh, i think it was yesterday i'm trying to find it but he pretty much said like i don't think Jokic is a dirty player and, and yeah I think that team kind of falls in line with Haslam. So I think he'll send the message not to do anything. An crazy. actual tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah. We're talking expected we're... to handle their business for them in the next right. game. And he's like, eh, no, I'm not really into that. We're, we're talking about all these fake tough guys, but Jokic is a real tough guy. Yeah. And that's what the entire league knows by now. <laughs> if you think of all the confrontations Jokic has been in, and he's been in a lot. Like he's he's low key been in a lot of these. Jay Crowder like tried to get in his head. It was two years ago in Utah. Uh, Jokic went chest to chest with him, and Jay Crowder back down. Remember when the whole thing with the Suns happened in the playoffs in Game Four? Yeah. And what did Jokic say to Devin Booker? What are you going to do about it? As Devin Booker was right in his face, and it was the same thing with Markeith Morris. Like Jokic isn't going to back down to any of these guys. But the thing is, we're going to continue to see it. We're going to continue to see people try to poke the bear because in reality, it's the only way to beat him. 
the and only yeah, exactly. way to beat Nikola Jokic. Get him, under, like, kicked out get him literally game. kicked out of the game literally, or get him yeah. too caught up in his emotions. Yeah. Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. They've been in the Denver community for 13 years now. They have 12, 16, or 18-inch crusts. Um, Sexy Pizza is sure to be the right fit for anyone, honestly. They have gluten-free options. They have dairy-free options. They have vegan options. Uh, they have 12, 16, or 18-inch crusts. They've got wings, salads, pasta, nuts, or the their little uh, cinnamon twist like dessert options. Oh, they're so good. You can have them at the DMVR Mile High Tailgate if you aren't able to go into a location, but they have a bunch of different locations. Uh, they have it in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill, and they're opening some new locations, so definitely check that out. But they're just really great pizza. Like I said, you're supporting local. Highly recommend checking them out, and you can also be a part of their Philanthro Pies, uh, which is supporting the community, and you can learn more about that at www.sexypizza.com and check out their about page for the donations link to see how sexy pizza can support your favorite cause they're such a great company highly recommend checking them out and eating their pizza i i wonder how much this actually affects that though because like it's one thing it's one thing for noted tough guy and bully markeith morris to kind of take a run at him you know it's, it's like devin booker nobody's afraid of devin booker like K. Like right. 80% of the NBA yeah. is gonna is gonna react that way to Demon Booker, but to do it to Markeith Moore and to do it in that way, and then to just stand there, which I thought was just such the it was like I was like, oh, this is the icing on the cake. Is that this guy is totally unmoved by any of this? He's not talking trash to anybody, he's just standing there. I wonder if if the respect level went up a little bit from his peers where they're like maybe we're done trying this guy for a while. Right. Like if you're at school and there's a bully and then some kid kicks the bully's ass, like no one's messing with that guy anymore. You know? Yeah. I don't know that you keep trying that guy. I will say though, because there's no, there's never any actual fighting that happens in an an NBA game. um, There, there is something to guys are going to just try and try and try to get him to overreact um, because they know they don't actually have to face any consequences on the court. He's not going to actually beat their ass. Yeah. And and that's one of the reasons with – I mean, with the abs, we saw it uh, with Nazem Kadri uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, he there, – there was a fight pretty immediately. Uh, he was paying for his consequences of what happened during the playoff series, which it's just so different in hockey, um, the way people handle it. We kind of touched on that earlier. Yeah, he had to fight twice for that. And yeah, you're right. It honestly, I think that uh, I think this is one of the things that McKinnon has been great at the last couple of years. It's frustrated me each time it's happened because I think that there are guys in hockey who are paid to do that for him. Mm-hmm. But like Bo Byram got boarded against Minnesota earlier this year, and McKinnon immediately went after Brandon Duhame and fought that guy. For some reason, they didn't call it fighting; they called it roughing. <laughs> But like McKinnon went right after him mm-hmm. and and got in his face and went and did it. There there are multiple examples, and I don't know why it's all the Arizona Coyotes, but multiple examples of him kicking a dude's ass and embarrassing a dude over the last few years, um, just in defense of a teammate. And I mm-hmm. think that that's been that's been pretty cool. But going back to our original discussion, I do think that this this elevated Jokic into a different level 
<clears throat> into a different into a different conversation because everybody in the sports world saw this, and so I think it, it pushed him even more forward in that this like new face of Denver sports. I have a question for you, Harrison. Do you think there's anything to potentially the Nuggets needing to bring in a, a quote unquote enforcer who can? take a little bit of this heat off of Jokic's plate so he feels like maybe he doesn't necessarily have to defend himself in all these situations. If someone's picking on him, you know, you put in whoever and he can go body someone, give them a hard foul to send that message. No, I don't. Just because, A, there's not really many of those guys in the league. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know if I can name, like, three of them. Um, but it is rare that your star player is also your enforcer. Right. That right. never happens. Like the MVP, the best player, literally in the Nuggets case, like the only guy who can consistently put the ball in the bucket other than Will Barton, like like right now he's playing great. But Jokic is like the Nuggets entire team. Yeah. And he's also the enforcer. You never usually see that. All right. Going back to our main topic, um, I have two questions for you guys. One's kind of in regards to um, – the Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon conversation. Does the the face of Denver sports always have to be the guy that is the most talented? So like, it, it, even for the Avs, like, is it just natural for it to be McKinnon um, because he has that talent, or is the Gabriel Landeskog discussion of being that long term captain, um, being very recognized in the community, fighting, standing up for his guys? Like everyone knows who Gabriel Landeskog is in that sense. Um, does it have to be the guy that is the best statistically um, on the court, on the ice, on the field as the star of a team or the star of Denver or like the face of a team, the face of I Denver? Don't, I don't necessarily think so. I mean, when we're, when RK is talking about Forsberg Sackick, the guy that we haven't talked about in this conversation that <clears throat> is most frequently compared to Forsberg these days, because when you watch the abs, he just looks different. He's just the guy that's easy to pick out, and that's Kale McCarr. Yeah. Where, I mean, Kale McCarr finished second in Norris Trophy voting last year, uh, something that no Av has ever won, by the way. Uh, and and I think that he's probably got one or two of those things in his future. He's He he might be the, the actual unicorn in that whole group, is that he ends up being the guy that wins a con Smythe, that wins – you know, they, that leads them to a Stanley cup that gets them to a, to a different place, you know, cause when, when he, he he's all, he's almost a point per game as a defenseman and he's yeah. in, just in his third season in the NHL, you're, you're talking about uncharted territory here. His historical comparables are all guys who played in the seventies and eighties when scoring was double what it is today. So you're, you're talking about a guy that I, I think that he's kind of the sleeping giant in this conversation is that, Kale McCarr could, and and now his personality won't help him, yeah, uh, because he's a very shy, very humble, a very down to earth kid, which which makes you wonder about a guy like Bowen Byram. Does he eventually become a face of the franchise if he keeps playing the way that he does? But also combine it with his attitude, you wonder if that guy becomes yeah a face someday. But I mean, I think it comes back to McKinnon for the foreseeable future until somebody does truly take the throne but it's definitely true that he's on a downswing and i don't necessarily think that a face of a franchise has to be the most talented guy 
but I would say maybe the most accomplished guy is the one that you're naturally going to gravitate towards. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's gonna, it's really difficult for a player. Talent is, yeah, I think talent kind of blurs this line here. Um, but they, I think they have to be like the most productive um, or most decorated in one way or another um, to kind of and, and and play a position of importance because this yeah, is where right. Justin Simmons is is, yeah. is falling behind because like it's so hard to be like a, a oh you're a great safety do you do you impact every single play whereas a guy like Vaughn could literally disrupt every offensive play yeah. during like the peak of his powers. Yeah, he was so Vaughn, disruptive, though. Even Vaughn, though, like ha- had that sort of McKinnon effect where there's no guarantee you were going to see him go out there and produce when you bought a ticket if if you don't understand the little things that affect yeah. the play on a Like, if you just go there hoping to see him do a sack, get a sack and do a dance, you know, there's it wasn't a guarantee that you were going to see that. Justin is really up against the eight ball here um, for several reasons, and, and I think – it's a little bit forced. Uh, it's actually it's a lot of bit forced if you're going to say that he's the face of the franchise right now, and, and that's not his fault. It, it is just because of the position that he plays. It is because, I mean, I don't. We were talking about this the other day. I don't know if there's ever in history been a safety who was the face of their franchise. The closest Ed Reed, could, but like Ray Lewis was there during that time. Yeah, um, yeah, true. And so like you start going through it. We did this on the show, like Troy Polamalu. Well, I mean, it was kind of Big Ben. Um, so there's. I mean, you, you had the Legion of Boom was like a unit, though, and but yeah. like Cam Cam Chancellor, I don't think he was the face, but yeah, they they you know they don't and Earl Thomas like they I think collectively, John they Taylor. were they were a big deal. Yeah, so it's weird. Like it's just not a position that lends itself to that because of the same reasons. You just can't. You can't even dominate on a play-to-play basis, let, it go, let alone a game-to-game basis. Um, yeah. So it, I'll it's tell a you though, tough pit place I, for him. There's a total timeline that could have played out where Jamal Murray was like the face of the Nuggets, yeah. especially oh, totally. coming off that playoff run because oh, yeah. he had like moments in that playoffs, the 50-point games, the post-game speech after Game Six, like all that stuff can contribute, I think, to being the face of a franchise and the face of a city. Now, the thing that killed him was his momentum dropped off after that. I mean, he had a good but not great regular season, and then he got hurt. But if a different alternate timeline of stuff happens, maybe it is Jamal. I don't know. All right. My next question for you guys is how much of a role – like, for me, the face of Denver, a big part of that is obviously their play and who they are, but it's also their role in the community. Um, And you saw that so much with Vaughn and Vaughn's vision um, and how he – really really like truly loved the community and wanted to help as much as he could with Vaughn's vision the boys and girls club and maybe that's just different in football because you see that with Justin Simmons you see that with some of these guys and you don't see it as much with let's say a Jokic and a McKinnon um, as involved in the Denver community there is like going to games and stuff like that and you saw that so much with Vaughn Vaughn was always courtside watching the Nuggets he was uh, at Avs games a lot he was at the Rockies games a lot 
those are like little factors uh, that can play into it. Um, but I, w I would really love to see Jokic a little more involved in the community in the sense of like community service events and that type of thing that I really personally haven't seen, but correct me if I'm wrong guys, if, if McKinnon and Jokic have been that way. Yeah. Jokic has done stuff. Um, Jokic has done stuff for the community. I mean, it's not like as much as a Vaughn. I don't yeah. think. Um, Do you or guys get publicized as much because it's like I said at the very top, it's the Broncos compared to the Nuggets. Um, but he's done some stuff, you know. Do you guys think that a big difference in that is just football compared to the way basketball and hockey are? No, I think it's one, I think it's PR teams knowing what they're doing and how to get their guys out there and how to make their guys part of a news cycle all the time. Whereas NFL teams have mastered this art of being in the news 52 weeks of the year um hockey pr i i can the abs pr team like i i tried to get a list a, a comprehensive list of charities that these guys were involved in once upon a time to write an article on it they couldn't give me one because they don't have anything they don't do much yeah. they have yeah. a couple of they have a couple of events that they go out in and they do photo ops with and they do the, they do a couple of, you know a couple of like those standard boilerplate type events every year um, but other than that, like they don't really do a lot out there on their own Yeah. charity wise. Like I know that there are some guys that spend a lot of time at like children's hospital and stuff, but mm -hmm. they don't like when it comes to an actual like charity and like, like community events type stuff. It's not a lot of that from the avalanche side of stuff. Yeah, the Even Broncos gone. have a, a whole division in their football department dedicated to off field, uh, community outreach. And they do an incredible job of not only helping these guys get involved with stuff, but let's say you want to start your own foundation. You know, Justin Simmons has one. Of course, Vaughn had Vaughn's vision. The list goes on and on and on. They are literally there as resources to help you create that stuff. Um, so they do. I mean, they do an incredible job. I will say, I think it also helps that, you know, the Broncos are in town all season, right? Yeah. But they also only play once a week. Um, so while, you know, they – they obviously spend a lot of time point. at the facility. They spend a lot of time practicing, but they have evenings um, where they can go do this sort of stuff. They have an off day every week where they can go do this sort of stuff. So um, they, they it, you know, of course, the Avs and Nuggets could do that stuff in the off season, but during the off season, everyone goes home. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very different. They're all going another to another Canada. aspect of um, of Jokic is it's. A lot of time, it just comes down to the person if they want that stuff public or not, because Jokic has done a lot of stuff that he's just want to keep to himself and keep private. Like he donated a portion of the or a lot of the money that came from those MVP shirts that the Nuggets put out. Like a ton of that went to charity, but you know they didn't have a like a PR team putting together a whole video and like stuff on that because he didn't want that public. Like he just wanted yeah. to do to do it privately. So, like, that's another aspect of it, too. Yeah, I was thinking also, like, Vaughn had um, these, like, uh, things for kids to come and learn from him and camps and, and little things like that, that it maybe it doesn't have to be involved in charities um, and doing that, like, publicly, but it's just 
being known in the community in a different way than just on the court, on the ice and on the field. Um, and I think that plays a very small role, uh, but it, it does play a role in being the face of Denver sports um, and being there in the community. Like, like I said, even if it's being at a, a abs game and just showing your face and doing that, Peyton Manning does that a lot too. Um, it's a little aspect of it, but it does help with just that. Like you are the face of Denver. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. My last my last topic of the day is taking getting your opinions on who is the face of the Broncos franchise and who you guys think is the face of the Rockies franchise. Obviously, we don't have Patrick on here. Um, he's in Arizona for fall league, uh, but he did send me a little list of who he would have nominated if he were on here. Um, and the first one for the Rockies is pretty obvious. It would be Charlie Blackman. Um Nolan Arenado's gone. Trevor Story, that relationship, he's probably gone as well. Um, he said only has two years left until he's a free agent again, at which point he'll probably retire or sign a one-year deal to return. Or you could go the Kyle Freeland route, the Colorado kid, but he also has two years as well and may not be a lock to return in free agency. What do you guys think of those two? Nope. I think it, the the answer to these is not, you know, it doesn't make for great podcast content, but it, it makes sense for both franchises. They don't have one. No, um, I think I think the Rockies, the face of their franchise is Dick Munford. And I think that's their problem. And I, I think that until that stops being the case, they have a problem. Yeah. Um, but, but for right now, he's the defining figure in that organization. The face of the Rockies franchise is the party deck. If we're being completely honest. Fans. Oh, that's yeah. gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt Rocky I mean, fans so much. I love the party deck. I love it. <laughs> I, I know the party deck is great, but I just know Rockies fans at this point. And like that that is sad that that is the face of the franchise in some eyes, or even the fact that Dick Montfort is the face of the franchise. Like that is a sad fact. Well, I think I think the defining aspect of the Rockies organization right now is incompetent management. And that's Dick Munford. And until, again, until that stops being the case, he either gets out of the way and lets Bill Schmidt do a good job or a bad job or whatever, but gets out of the way and lets his baseball operations do whatever they're going to do. Uh, and I think that there are there are some guys on that farm in their farm system that I'm actually really excited about. I think that they have some interesting dudes that are up and coming. Um, I think Zach Veen is going to be a an actual star caliber player when he gets here uh but we're still talking this is three years down the road so it doesn't matter um like i guess the de facto would be charlie everybody knows his walk-up song everybody knows what he looks like everybody recognizes him and everybody else is just sort of irrelevant um because the the pitching has been a little inconsistent you know freeland had a a decent bounce back year but he didn't have anything like what he had a couple years ago you know when he was competing for the cy young and the problem is I think that they some of their some of their better players have had seasons like that where they're they're falling short relative to expectations of what they've produced before. Not even just dreaming on a guy, you know, with like a Ryan McMahon or a Ryan Tapia, you're dreaming on a guy that mm-hmm. that that's gonna produce in a, at an elite level someday. These guys have done it and now have fallen short of that multiple times since then. And so it just doesn't feel good making any of them the face of the franchise. And so I would, given the general toxicity surrounding the franchise at the moment, I think it's Dick Munford. 
Yeah, and you know, you bring up an interesting point there. There's only a couple of reasons why anyone ever knows who the owner is. Um, it's either because they're really good, they're really into being in the public eye, a la Jerry Jones, or they're really bad. Um, and obviously, you know, Monfort falls into the really bad category. Um, and if you ask baseball people, they've heard, they know who that is. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I think it's a little different with some of the other, you know, teams. But, like, I don't think the average basketball fan knows who the owner of the Nuggets is. Um, you know, the big-time, like, media people will. But, they, they, you know, Kroenke's name doesn't honestly come up that much when you're talking about the Nuggets because he doesn't really, you know, insert himself. Yeah. yeah. He's not part of the operation, really, at all. They, both the Nuggets and Avalanche, they, they hire basketball and hockey people and say – Go run our franchise. Which yeah. is the right way to do it. Yeah, it's it's weird that the Cronkies kind of have the reputation that they do. Obviously, everything that happened with the Rams, you know, was totally justified for St. Louis to feel the way that they do. And the disaster that is Arsenal, you know, they're they're very, you know, the Cronkies are very hated for the way that they've run those franchises. But Nuggets and Abs fans... I don't think that they have really strong footing to hate the Cronkies. Yeah. The only Cronkies thing you hate them about right now. Yeah. The only thing you hate the Cronkies about right now is the altitude Comcast thing. Yep. Yeah. Oh, 100%. If, if, if 100%, you're, yes. if you're the Cronkies, like that is such an easy fix. And if you fix that, you would just have like a hundred percent approval rating in Colorado for your teams. Like totally. that, it's such an easy thing for them to fix, but it's just obviously so far off their radar that they don't care. Yeah. And then for the Broncos, is it what you said earlier, Ryan? There just isn't any? There isn't someone who's the face of the franchise right now? I really don't think so. You know, Harrison brought up an interesting point earlier, saying, like, Peyton Manning. Uh, like, I, that, that's better than I could come up with. Um, you know, Broncos fans still worship Peyton Manning. Peyton still talks about the Broncos. He comes to every Broncos game. Like, that's closer than what they have. And like I said, you know, it's not Justin's fault that he's not the guy. It's not because he doesn't play well enough. It's not because he doesn't do this or do that. He just, he's a safety. Um, and it's really, really difficult for a safety to be that guy. Um, you know, there's some really good players on the team on offense, but again, none of them, you know, like maybe like a Jerry Judy could eventually become that, or maybe Cortland Sutton, but those guys are still leaps and bounds. It's going to be Javante. <laughs> he Javante. basically doesn't talk. Um, doesn't so have to. All he has to do is keep, keep dragging dudes to fall behind in love him. With him outside of his play on the. F- <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is awkward because those two froze. <laughs> Almost Harrison like they're on the same Wi-Fi or something. Yeah. Right. I I don't know who it could be on the Broncos. It probably. I mean, it could have been Drew Locke if he was decent at all yeah I, he, I think the default is the quarterback right like the default, the default is yeah. is yeah like right now look if teddy bridgewater like leads them to the postseason if he gets he gets them to a 10 win season and they win a playoff game or they're competitive in a playoff game and they run it back with the guy he's kind of it yeah and i think and i think that the quarterback is sort of the de facto face of all franchises until they're yeah. not until mm-hmm. somebody usurps that position i feel like it's always the quarterback in in the NFL, just the position has become 
so important where if you don't have one, you're not even competitive anymore. Yeah. So I, I just think that that's, that's, that's like your go-to until you actually have a star, a true like superstar elsewhere on your roster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The NFL is doing something interesting though. And I never quite understood what they were doing as much as I think I do now which is all these rules that make things easier on offense aren't necessarily to make offenses better as much as it is to make mediocre quarterbacks look average or above average. Um, You're just seeing like some average quarterbacks can go out there and win games now because the rules are so slanted towards offense that it makes it a lot easier for defenders to, to defend. The windows get a little bit bigger. There's more opportunities. Um, So, you know, I think that that they've actually done the right thing in making like the bottom 15 quarterbacks in the league at least be able to go out there and not embarrass themselves on most weeks. I mean, you get the whole second act of Ryan Tannehill's career. Yep. Is like a, yeah. is a, like that's a great benefactor of, of the rule changes. You know, Teddy even just given totally. how his career has gone. Yeah, I mean, Mike White goes out there and looks decent for the Jets. Like, you know, for a long time there, there was about like 12 quarterbacks in the entire world um, who you could succeed with in the NFL. And now they're kind of they're hmm. succeeding in expanding that because you just can't have primetime games with a backup quarterback be completely unwatchable every time. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a great topic. I'm glad we talked about it. And and we've just all decided Jokic is the face of Denver um, to us, at least. And I'm interested to see if anyone has anything that they could argue. Um, so if you do, drop it in the comments, um, tweet at us, and we will see you guys next week. The bar is popping this weekend, so definitely make sure to stop by. We have the Nuggets taking on the Hawks tonight, um, and then tomorrow there is CSU football at 1.30. Then there is the Avs at 7 o'clock against the Sharks. Then you've got CSU or then you got CU basketball and then you have CU football. So the bar is going to be really busy all day tomorrow. So it'll be a lot of fun. And then on Sunday, the Broncos take on my birds. Uh, They take on the Eagles. Be sure to come to the DMVR mile high tailgate. It should be a fun one. Um, And no matter what, we'll just have some great Breck brews and and watch football on a, what's supposed to be a very beautiful Sunday. Um, Really great weather. So, That's it for us. We will talk to you guys next week on the Denver Sports Podcast.